So with the help of Hashem, we are starting our Hilchas Shabbos in the Kitchen series. And what we will be doing tonight is that we're going to be sharing the, the foundations to the laws of cooking or to the prohibition of cooking on Shabbos. What I mean by the foundations is that we, we all have various questions regarding is this considered cooking, is this not considered cooking? And I hope that through this class, everyone that will listen will have their own base and knowledge to be able to come to the right conclusion on their own. So I will not be speaking about specific cases tonight, certainly not in the beginning. I'm going to be overgoing certain concepts that we have, how halacha defines cooking, what cooks, what could be cooked, what is already cooked and it can be cooked again, etc. And then maybe one or two examples tonight, and next week, we're going to put it all together. It's like a puzzle and apply it in practical halacha. Another important word of introduction that we're going to be focusing now specifically on cooking. And in the subsequent classes, we'll be focusing on specific halachas. At the end, we'll have to put everything together. Before we press the record, someone was bringing up the pour-over strainer, which can involve a cooking issue, a boiled issue. In other words, when it comes to practical halacha, can I do this or can I not do this? Many times, it's touching various issues. We'll have to get there, but I don't want to get there in the beginning because everyone will get confused. So this is focusing specifically on the laws of cooking, known as Bishal. In the 39 malachas of Shabbos, Bishal is the 11th, Everything that was done in the construction of, in the preparation for things that were used in the Mishkan, including dyeing certain fabrics, and to create those dyes, they needed to cook certain herbs. So cooking was done in the Meleches HaMishkan, and that's how we know that we are not allowed to do any cooking on Shabbos. So, many points. Number one, when we speak about cooking, we don't only mean cooking. There are various types of heat application that will change the, the substance. There's cooking, and there's baking, and there's frying, and they are not all the same, but all of the above are prohibited to do by Torah law on Shabbos. Now, when is something considered cook? The goal is we're trying to change, to alter the substance. We alter it either by applying heat, we're going to be speaking about heat either directly from a fire or something that was heated by the fire previously. Fire, heat. And we're speaking about cooking, baking, frying. I'm just going to use the word cooking, but it's any type of heat application that is going to be used either for solids or for liquids. Both of them are considered cooked once they reach a certain point. The difference between solids and liquids will be in many areas beginning with number one. When is something solid considered cooked? When it went from being raw to reaching a point that's called Maichol Ben Durusoy. Ben Durusoy was a bandit. It's a Hashgacha protest that this guy who was a bandit, a Ganav, has the great merit that everyone is quoting him on their learning title. Because of his terrible behavior, he was always on the run. People were always running after him. He never had the, the, the ability to cook and to eat a normal meal. He was afraid. So he cooked it the minimum needed for it to be edible enough, and he ate it that way. The figure of speech or real person? Ben Drusoy was a person. How do you spell it? Be, Beis Nun Ben, Dalid, Reish, Vav, 
Samach Aleph Yud. So he didn't take a break for Shabbos? So it's not about him, thank you, it's not about him stealing on Shabbos or not, but whenever he ate, he, there's the Ben Drusoy, it's not Miriam oh, wrong. Not do a Shabbos. Now, how much did he cook his food? Machloik is relevant. Either a third, only a third, or 50%. So if you take any solid food and you bring it up to either a third or half cooked, then you cooked that food. Even though it's not edible. Even though you will not eat it. Chicken cannot be eaten. Very good. Okay, even though you will not eat it. Now, liquids have a whole different criteria. The definition of cooking or whether you're putting the water in a, in, over fire or you're putting it in the oven, I don't care how you're heating it up. You're using fire or something that was heated by fire to get it hot. It's considered cooked when the terms in halacha is when it's yad soiledes boy, which means literally when your hand will get scalded by touching it, whether it is an adult hand or a baby's hand, practically, we're gonna, we paskin, when it hits 110 Fahrenheit. Other places can say 115, or we're going to 120, we're going to stick to 110. Which means that if you made liquids, if you brought it up from room temperature to less than 110, you did not cook. You cooked when it hit 110. You cooked solids when it reached Kamaychel Ben Derusoy. Having said that, having said that, another important point, if something already reached Michael Ben Durusoy before Shabbos. It is already partially cooked. It does not mean that if you now on Shabbos are going to fully cook it, you did not violate cooking. You do biblically. If something is not fully cooked, then anything that you will do to make it fully cooked is also considered you cooked on Shabbos. So these are two separate points, not to be confused. Was if something brought was went from being cold to to being less than Michael Ben Rusoi, then uh, you didn't cook it. You didn't cook it. I'm not saying that you can put it on fire. You may not. We'll get to that later. But you didn't cook it. But if some if you brought something from raw to Michael Ben Rusoi, then you cooked. If something already was half cooked or a third cooked, if something already was 95% cooked and on Shabbos you caused that to become fully cooked, you violated the biblical violation of cooking on Shabbos. 100% cooked. Even after something is 100% cooked, we're going to get to that soon, there might be still an issue if that cooled off for you to recook it. We'll get to that a little bit later tonight. But I just want to first define cooking. So let me just give examples for that. A lot of information, an example. If food is on the fire, it was put on the fire before Shabbos came in. The fire, not the blech. On the blech or on the fire. Okay. No difference. And, and, I, and, that, and that pot was uncovered. One is not allowed to put the cover on that pot on Shabbos. Are you kidding? Why? Because covering a pot adds... Raises the temperature. Right? Adds to its cooking. It hastens speeds up the cooking because the steam, instead of it going out, is going to hit off the, the inside covering of the pot and come back down and hastening the cooking process for something that wasn't fully cooked is a biblical violation of cooking even though it already was half cooked. Very important point. If it was, already if it was, a, if it was already 100% cooked, 
Nevertheless, by rabbinic law, we will never cover a pot if it's directly on the fire or if it's on top of the blech directly over the fire. If it is uncovered and I want to cover it, I'm going to move it away a bit and we'll get, we'll get to that okay. about taking off fire and returning to fire. We'll get to that in a later class. I just want to come back to cooking. Whose idea was this class? Okay, um, yeah. okay. I know <laughs> I this. Co- listen, is cooking, cooking is, I think, the most complex because you have to know many fundamentals. Another. Does that include cooking it in a chilling pot? Considered a fire. Abs- okay, good, 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 good. Hold that thought. Another fundamental topic that we have to address, which is directly answering okay. your question. As we mentioned, cooking happens. We're speaking about the, the prohibition of cooking is cooking over fire. We're going to call the utensil that is on the fire whether it is currently on the fire or whether this was on the fire when it was made and everything is still in the same pot, we're going to call that utensil Kli Rishon. Clay Rishon. You have to remember these terms. I know people don't like it, but if you'll master these points, you'll be able to, to really put a big puzzle together. So an electric... So it's very good. So anything that was put on the fire with the solid in it, with the liquid in it, whether it is still on the fire mm-hmm. or whether you already removed it from the fire, but whatever is in there is still above Yatsay lettuce, that utensil is called clay rishan. Remember that term. Which is up above yeah. Yatsay lettuce means over, over 110. If I'm going to transfer that which was in the clay rishan and pour it directly into another utensil, directly into another utensil, that second utensil is called clay sheni. Clay sheni. If you then transfer the items from the second utensil into a third utensil, that will be called clay shlishi. And more than that, we don't have to go for shabbos. Very good question. One way, very good question. Now, a clay dishain, halachically, cooks almost everything biblically. That means that if I have a clay even if it's not on the fire, let's say I have a pot of soup, a practical example, and it's off the fire, not on the blech, it's off the fire. As long as the soup in there didn't go beneath 110, it went from being very hot, it's still hot, it's hot enough that it's halachically called Yatzeh Ladezboi. I know that there's going to be one exception for the learned people. I don't want to speak about exceptions tonight. Aside of one exception, anything that you'll put in the pot... Halachically, will cook. Salt is that the exception? Salt, salt will cook even in a even in a clay sheni. Clay dishon cooks. Liquids, solids, anything you'll put in there will cook. If you transfer that soup directly from the soup pot into a second utensil, which is called a clay sheni, without a ladle, we'll get to the ladle in a second. Then, and and whatever is in there is still above yatsi lettuce then certain things it will cook, certain things it will not cook. Let me just give you one rule that we paskin, that a clay shaney does not cook liquids. Does it cook all solids? No, but it can cook many solids. Remember that. Clay shaney could cook. A clay shlishi will not cook. We might be machmer by salt, 
We're very machmer by salt, but I'm just before the chumras, this is the basic halacha. Very good to remember that rule. Don't apply this at please. That's what I'm trying to avoid now because there's so many things you have to. Now, we spoke about soup. So uh, someone asked a very practical example. We, we eat soup Friday night. We, we should eat and drink something between the fish and chicken or meat. You don't have to have hot soup. It suffices to drink water and to eat a piece of challah. You can make a l'chaim, very good, and have a piece of challah. But many people have soup. And by the way, if the soup is chicken soup, then before you have the chicken soup, you have to eat and drink something. But many people have chicken soup. Most people have a hot soup Friday night. How do you get the soup from the pot into the bowl? So well, those, many people use a ladle. The ladle goes into the clay dish. Unlike the example that I gave before, that you took that from the clay dish and you poured it into another utensil, that is a clay shani. Here, you are inserting the ladle in the clay dish. Don't you have to move the pot off? Of That's another thing, 100% you have to do. Mm-hmm. Stay focused on cooking. Now, if I'm going to put the ladle and leave it in the pot for a long amount of time, before we'll define how, many, how long is that, then the ladle becomes a clay dish. Therefore, the soup that went into the ladle is still considered clay dish. And when you put it in your bowl, your bowl now is a clay shani. A clay shani cannot cook liquids, but a klesheni can cook mandalach, a klesheni certainly cooks salt, it will then be prohibited to put most things that people normally put in soup, to put into soup. You want to put challah in your soup, you will not be allowed. Even there's no bishop after So I don't, I'll, I'll skip, I'll go out of my order, I just want to answer this question. And we're going to get there tonight, after we cover more about klesheni, 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 there is, there is a concept called that once something was fully cooked, it doesn't always recook, get recooked halachically. We're going to get to that in a few minutes. But that's only for cooking and cooking. There's baking after cooking and cooking after baking. There's cooking after roasting, there's roasting after cooking. So that's only bishalach So I gave an example of challah. Challah is baked. After, even though it was baked, it, if it was never cooked before, it certainly could get cooked. Challah will get cooked in soup. Mandalach, if I'm not mistaken, is fried. It's not cooked. So, it does, Ein Bishalach or Bishal doesn't apply to Mandalach. Now, if the ladle wasn't left in the pot for a long amount of time, you put it out quickly, many of the pies can hold that the ladle is considered Kleshemi never really stayed in there. The, 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 the walls of the ladle didn't get hot. Went in and out. So if the ladle is called a clay shani, then the bowl is a clay shlishi. A clay shlishi does not cook. There are certain chumras for salt, but that's, that's the basic rule. What about the ladle being different materials? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. For the plastic ladle. Doesn't, doesn't, doesn't matter. Halachically, we don't say that. Okay, now, okay. So, this, so we have to remember like this. Clay shine. With, uh, maybe there's two exceptions. Maybe there's one exception. Meat, Kledishan cooks. Doesn't matter if Kledishan is 200 degrees Fahrenheit, if it's 150, as long as the contents in the Kledishan is above 110, when you put something in there, it's going to cook. Kleshani, in principle, doesn't cook liquids 
whether it's water, whether it is milk, but it cooks many solids. Not all solids, many solids. So klisheni soup, you could add cold water to it. Klisheni soup, you can add cold water to because water doesn't cook klisheni. Very good. So, not clear. So not so when we make a coffee. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Now, klishlishi doesn't cook. I want to add, before we go to the Ein Bishel Achabishel in greater detail, I want to speak one, one other layer, which is very important in Kleishen, Kleisheni, Kleishishi. And we have to know that. And this is called the Irui Kleishen. Irui Kleisheni. The word Irui, that's Ayin, with the Ayin. Irui means to pour. If I have, I'm going to get to the coffee answer clearly later, but I just want to use the example of Irui. I have either the kettle that was on the fire in which the water boiled or the urn that's plugged in. Both of them are considered kleirishen. If it's plugged in or not, if the contents in there are above 110, it's kleirishen. If I put almost anything in there, it will cook. I may not do that on Shabbos. If I open up the spigot, the faucet, or I pour the kettle into a cup and I... Prior to pouring the water in my cup, I put, let's say, sugar. I put a chicken. I put water. Even though water does not cook in a clay shaney, but here, the water was in this bottom of the clay shaney, and the water, the hot water is falling directly on it, even before it touches the walls of the clay shaney. I guess I do that to rewarm my cup. So, clay clay Cooks, the words are kedei klipa. Let me finish, let me finish speaking. Kedei klipa means that it cannot fully cook what's in it, but it cooks the outer shell or the outer layer of what went in it. So it has to be an empty cup. So so therefore, a practical example, even though we're going to give a lot of examples later. If I, on Shabbos, am going to be using, making coffee the way we should, as we'll explain soon. But the first step will be is I'm going to take a cup and fill it up with water. Before the next step, I'm going to put it into yet another, before I do that, if the cup that is going under my faucet has a little bit of moisture in the bottom, then I'm biblically cooking on Shabbos. Because, because even though liquid doesn't cook in a klesheni, but iroi of kleishen cooks kedei klipa. To make it simple, it never became kleishen yet, is what you're saying. Iroi kleishen. What is the Iroi? It means you pour from a clay dish. Okay. You know what? You can't say it's in a clay shani. The water hit it directly when it was coming out of the clay dish. The point is not that it was connected. No. The point is, is that the water didn't first go into the clay shani that was cold and the walls of the clay shani oh. cooled it off a bit. It went directly on whatever you put in there. Yes, it has to be perfectly dry. Yes, very good, very good. Okay, wait. Okay. I'm, 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 everything we're saying now, we're not applying anything. This is important, just to get the rules. And if you'll hear the recording another couple of times, you'll remember them. The third foundation, and then we're, we're going to start applying it. I know it's a lot of info. The third foundation is like this. Ein bishul achar bishul, which means if something was fully cooked, that's the key, not 99% cooked, not 95% cooked. If something was fully cooked and now it cooled off, question is, am I allowed to put it even into a clay dish? 
Maybe, yeah. So let's say you have noodles. If you made noodles by cooking them, cooked noodles that were fully cooked, fully cooked, and they are completely dry, it's called yavesh, we paskin, ain bishul achar bishul, even though you're going to make it hot again, but the reason why you're not allowed to cook something is not because you're making it hot. It's because when something is cooked, you are changing it. All of the changes that happened when it was cooked happened the first time. <laughs> Recooking it won't add any changes. Unlike, like I mentioned before, if something was baked, challah, and now you're cooking it, it will change, halacha says. Yesh bishel achar Yesh achar But bishel, bishel, you have to remember like this. Is it dry or is it moist? Yavesh or lach? Dry means dry. Lach doesn't mean liquid. Lach means moist. The halachic definition of moist is toifeyach al menas which means that if something is moist enough, that if I were to touch it with my finger, with my index finger, my finger will be wet enough that whatever my finger will touch, my finger will make that wet. Because sometimes there'll be like a very slight amount of condensation or a little bit of moisture that my finger will become moist. But if I touch the paper, nothing will go on it. That's not called moist. Moist means enough that if I touch it, I'll now be able to make something else moist. That's called lach. It doesn't have to be water. It could be oil. It could be oil. So let me, let me, before you get the exam. Very good, very good. Toifeyach almanas latviach. Toifeyach, that's with the test. Toifeyach almanas latviach. That's a, that's a Hasidic concept. In other words, we're supposed to absorb enough Yiddishkeit to be able to pass some of it over. Not all of it over, some of it over. Yavesh and Lach. These are the rules. So like this. By Yavesh, Ein Bishulachar Bishul. I am allowed to put noodles in the Kleidishan. By the way, by rabbinic law, even though Ein Bishulachar Bishul, if the Kleidishan is on the fire, never am I allowed to put anything in that pot. By rabbinic law. Even though, Ein Bishulachar Bishul, and if I did so, I didn't break a title. But if it's off the fire, even in the Kleidishan, I can put my noodles, we're speaking about cooked noodles. But what happens, an example, that if my noodles, my noodles were left in the fridge, and they were cooked, fully cooked, and now because they were in the fridge, because of condensation, there can be some moisture on it, which is very common. I then will not be allowed to put my noodles in the Kleidishan, because by lach, now listen to the rules, by lach it depends. If the lach is still warm, then we say, Ein bishol lachar bishol. That's the If the lach became cold, even though it was fully cooked, but now that it got cold, then we say, Yesh bishol lachar bishol. Coming back to my example of the coffee. So if I have a cup, and I put it under my spigot, and it got filled with cooked water, the water was already cooked, and I mentioned if the, if the cup now was basically used, but there's a little bit of moisture in the bottom, we're not allowed to put it under the spigot again to put it in there. I people say, why not? That water was cooked already. The answer is, is because by lach, if it got cold, if it got cold, then yesh bishalachar bishol. Another example. So what do you have to do? You have to dry your cup. Another example. Let's go back to the ladle, to the ladle. Very important. I'm using ladle to take the soup and put it into a bowl. I don't want, I don't want to leave my ladle in the, in the clay dishain 
like I mentioned before, because if I leave the later in there, it can be even for a minute. If it's sitting in there, then the ladle also becomes a clay I'm trying to avoid making my bowl into a clay shani because I know that people on my Shabbos table will put salt in the, in, in, in the bowl and they'll be violating bishul. Bishul happens in a clay shani, not in liquids, but in most solids. So what am I doing? So I'm, I'm avoiding leaving the ladle in the pot. I got a problem. So I'm, I'm, I'm putting the ladle in. I filled bowl number one. Before they bring the other bowl to fill up, I, I left it out of the pot. I got that education. But now... The ladle is not fully dry. On the ladle, you have some remnant of the soup. True, the soup was cooked. But by lach, if the soup is still warm, it can be less than yatsi lettuce, but it's warm, then you're good. Happens to you that by a ladle, if it's not in the mamash for a minute, then this ladle will be cool off and, and the, the few drops of soup will cool off. If it's cold, then you're not allowed to put it back in. Why? Why? Because yesh bishalacha bishul. But let's put things together. If that pot would have been a kleshen, there would be no problem. Because even though theoretically you can cook it, but there's no liquid doesn't cook in a kleshen. But since the pot is a kleishayim, kleishayim cooks even liquid. Can't put the ladle back into the pot. Why do not factor in bishalacha on that one? So just nachamol. We say by yavesh. Never. With one exception. I have to repeat this for the machine. If it was fully cooked the first time, that's a key word. If something wasn't fully cooked, even if it was 99, it wasn't fully cooked, then yes. Very good. The soup was fully cooked. Soup is not yavish. It's lach. By lach, the altareb is mach. Not fully, but partially. He says like this, that if that the lach that was cooked is still warm, then you can put it back into, the, into, in, into a clarition, theoretically even on fire, even though again, we put nothing on the fire. But if it became cold, then it cooks again. I know there's a lot of rules. Don't get overwhelmed. You listen to this four times, you'll get it. Now, I, I want to add one more, one more detail. We have to say one more detail in this. And that detail is like this. Now that the Alter Rebbe differentiates between lach and yavish, by yavish, by, by something that's dry, we're much more lenient. If something was fully cooked, I'll give you an example. Sugar was cooked. The sugar, the white poison that we have, was cooked. The instant coffee was cooked. Well, one second. Let me go first to this. Sugar and coffee were cooked. We're saying that the Alter Rebbe Paskins, even though we're Mahmoud here, he's not that, that by Yavesh, even though it's cold, as is sugar, as is coffee, not so quick. Why not so quick? Because any Yavesh item that will become dissolved when it will be mixed in liquid, like sugar, like coffee, has a din of lach. Oh, wow. And what, what do we say by lach? That if lach is cold, yeish bishel achar bishel. That's the problem with coffee. For and let me tell you the paradox. On one hand, we say that it's lach. Because it's going to become, it's going to become, it was made to become lach, and it's going to become fully absorbed in the water. On the other hand, on the other hand, let's not forget that we said that liquid does not cook in a clay shani. But we're machmer, we don't put these two coolers together. We're saying on the other hand, the coffee and the sugar right now is not a liquid. It's only considered lach as far as the law is that we will say bishol achar 
On the other hand, it's not liquid. Liquid doesn't cook in a kleshani. If, if this would be a din of liquid, then I can put it in a kleshani. Then I'll be able to put my cup under the urn, like a normal human being, fill it up with hot water, and add my coffee and my sugar. But I can't do that. Why can't I do that? Because what am I putting into the kleshani? I'm not putting in liquid. I'm putting in instant coffee or sugar. It's not considered a liquid. Not a liquid for this din. And so you can't say that we're leaning in by liquids doesn't cook in a kleshani. It's not a liquid. Ah, it's a bishel, lach, bishel. It's considered lach. That's the chumrah that we have. Now, not everyone is machmer. We're machmer. So what, the only solution therefore would be to, to fill up, put water under the urn. And now you have a kleshani. I'm not going to put my sugar and coffee in it. Why not again? Because even though that was cooked once already, it will have a din of lach, it's cold, it recooks. On the other hand, it's not liquid now. Liquid doesn't cook in a kleshani. This will cook in a kleshani. So now I take this cup of water and I pour it into a third cup. Kleshlishi doesn't cook. That's how the religious people make a coffee on Shabbos. Does it matter if there's sugar or coffee in the third cup? So here, most of us are lenient. And we say that irui kleshani is finery. So whether you put the water first, or you the can sugar be lenient. Or okay, fine. No, for that. Okay. Are we clear? No, I want. I, 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 many I just want to give one other example to put, just to try to put things together. I want to go back to my noodles. So I have noodles. The noodles were fully cooked, and they're in my fridge. And the noodles now are a little bit lach. They are halachically moist. Because there's some, if I would touch it, my hands will get a little bit uh, wetted. And if I would touch my shirt, my shirt will get a little bit wet. So I, we, we cannot put it, and it's cold. So we said that yesh bishel achad bishel by lach when it's cold. Which means I can't put it in, inside the clay dish. Can I put it in the clay shani? So here I would say like this, the noodles themselves are yavish. They're not going to cook. The, the, the water on the noodles, the water, water doesn't cook in a kleshani. Ichatis, genius. So, so, so therefore I can put the noodles in the kleshani. But nobody puts in a ladle. So you're saying you could. One second, one second, one second. But the water on the noodles, the, the water, the laters are considered lach because of the water. Because of the water. So now, I, 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 I am allowed to put the noodles in a kleshani. Why? Let's analyze. For, only for one reason. The issue is the lach luchis on the noodles. The lach luchis? Oh, very good. The moisture on the noodles. The moisture on the noodles is liquid. Liquid never cooks in a kleshani. So even though the liquid cooled off, you get it? And by liquid we say, yesh bishol achar bishol, but, I, but it's not going to cook in a kleshani. The noodles, noodles would cook in a, in, in, in a kleshani. Most solids cook in a kleshani. But I don't care if the noodles cook in a kleshani. Why? Because the noodles were cooked already. And on yavesh, ain bishol achar bishol. What was your question? Because I have two questions with the soup and the coffee. Okay. So if I make Josh a cup of coffee, I pour it in a... Or yourself, yeah. Okay, whichever (laughs) first. Okay. And then I do it, you know, the coffee in a separate... And then if I want to pour myself, I have to get either use a brand new cup okay. or, or wipe so, it Okay, down. so I want to say this again. Very good. So what did we mention? Let's think. We have to put all the rules together. I, I, I'm going to make my coffee in a clay shlishi, like we explained. But to get to make a clay shlishi, I need another utensil. Okay. 
So I'm putting I'm putting cup number one, right. which is clay shiny because the urn is clay dishin. I'm putting it under the spigot. I'm opening it. I'm filling it up with hot water. I'm pouring it from clay shiny to clay shlishi. Now, if there would have been a lot of water in that cup left and it would have become cold, I'm going to say this is very important. If there's a lot of water, half of the cup is filled with cold water now. Even iroi from clay dishin is less problematic because there is a rule called tata agavar that when you have hot and cold mixing the one on the bottom will always dominate the one on the top oh, yeah. but if let me go to your case yeah. when i'm pouring it i only have a little bit of water left. I use all the, you used all your i i use the same thing i used all the water but yeah. if there's moisture in the bottom of your cup so even though again let's put the rules yeah. together it's water that water was cooked right. but by by lach uh-huh. After it cooled off, the Altareb is machmer, mm-hmm. means we, Labavitch, were machmer, and we say that the Yesh Bishol Bishol. Now, if I would put this water in a Kleshani, again, it wouldn't be a problem because a Kleshani doesn't cook wickets. But here I'm doing a Iroi Mikleishain, which cooks Kedai Klipa, so it's gonna, I'm gonna be cooking Midoiraisa. So what do I need to do is. If you if you made one right after the other, which means the water in the bottom is still warm, yeah. perfect. So by lach, when it's still warm, we say ain't bishalach not a even problem. Even in Kledishan, even in the Kledishan, which is also going back to the ladle. Mm-hmm. So if I'm taking a ladle and I'm making one bowl of soap and another, the way all the caterers do, not a problem. Why is it not a problem? Because even though you're putting the liquid back into the Kledishan. Even if it's not, even if it's under Yatsi lettuce, if it's warm, mm-hmm. warm, ain't bishalach mm-hmm. If it's cold, if the guy went good, learned a good sicha, and then he decides to put the ladle back in, then he has to dry the ladle. Or use a new one. Okay. You have to use a new one. It's impossible yeah, for everybody. Right? Have a, have a, have a, a dry ladle. Like for every segment. Like if not for every segment, cleaning, yeah. You've got to use a new or, or, or leave the ladle in the bowl. That, man, it's a, this is about getting educated in the kitchen. No, on the pot, in the soup pot. It's okay. So I want, I want to tell you like this, that we are machmer by salt. That will be the final thing, then we'll stop recording. We're machmer by salt, the Alter Rebbe. That, that salt will cook. Salt cooks very easy. So what do we do when we want to add su- salt to the bowl of soup? When we have the bowl in front of us, I'm going to put in my spoon and take the spoon out with, with, with soup in it, and add the salt in that spoon. What if it's the same thing as it warming up like the ladle? So just like, so I'm, I'm going to say that maximally the spoon plus the ladle will be at least together another step removed. Even if you're going to say that because the ladle was in there, because the spoon was in there, but we, it's another step away from the clay shine, and that's the way we will add salt, and a lot more to be continued. You have to press the button. No, you can ask any question. But this was important because if you get these rules, you have to just listen to the recording five times.